At Angel's Envy, envy is a good thing. It motivates us in the pursuit of better. It inspires moments worth talking about. Moments worth remembering. Moments that raise the bar. Like crafting a bourbon. Even the angels would envy. Angels envy. Worth the envy. Please drink responsibly. 2024. Angels envy. Bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey gang, from today's New York Times, Michigan jurors, after 11 hours of deliberations, found Jennifer Crumbly guilty of involuntary manslaughter for the gun rampage committed by her teenage son who carried out the state's deadliest school shooting More than two years ago, the trial became a lightning rod for issues of parental responsibility in a time of frequent cases of gun violence carried out by minors. It was the most high profile example of prosecutors seeking to hold parents responsible for violent crimes committed by their children. Well, speaking of The New York Times, Megan Stack is a contributing opinion writer and author who recently published a full page analysis of this case, a really unique take that was given the headline, What is this mother really guilty of? This is Megan Stack. Megan, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, the first thing I want to say to you is I really appreciate you because this is gutsy, this is informed, this is deliberative, this is really good stuff that you have written. I don't know if I agree with you, but I'm I'm really eager to have the conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So you say, among other things, we crave villains to blame, a case to try, something tangible to do, maybe at least it will make us feel better. Is she not a villain? Look, I think you can look at, I have looked at all of the testimony in this case, um, and I feel very saturated in it. I think we can look at her and say a lot of things that are very negative. I think she has responsibility for the shooting. I think it would have been very easy to sue her in a civil lawsuit. Um, I do not have any particular sympathy for guns. I'm not a gun person. I I think that personally, if it were up to me, the Second Amendment would be repealed. But I also think that when we move into a criminal realm, we have to look very carefully at what we're doing. And in my opinion, and not just my opinion, and this is the law, the the bar is very high. And it's not as casual just to say, she bears some responsibility. She was a bad mom. We're going to imprison her. I think that is where it gets into very sticky precedent. Um, I think that there are, you know, many cases of school shootings that could possibly have made better criminal cases. I This case in particular, I found very troubling. Um, to my mind, I, I still don't see that loop closed where we can say beyond reasonable doubt that she would have known that it was likely 
that her son was going to attack his schoolmates. I just don't see where we get that from the evidence. I think if we could prove or if we had some even indication that she had read her son's journal, then yes, because the journal was terrible. The journal was full of all kinds of violent fantasy, and he wrote very explicitly about what he was going to do. But the reality is we don't know whether she read her read his journal. So just to take this one piece of evidence as an example, so then you move into the argument about, well, should she have read her son's journal? And suddenly we're arguing these sort of subjective parenting points where you're kind of going, yeah, you know, I think since he was depressed, she should have been reading his journal. And that's where I think the precedent gets a bit troubling because I truly believe that a lot of American parents, if they knew the evidence inside and out and really understood the timeline of what had happened, while not absolving her, I think a lot of parents would say, I get why she did what she did in that moment, because I understand what might have been in her mind. And just the fact that what it really came down to was this kind of like interpretation of whether she was a good enough parent. Again, I think to put someone in prison for that is 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 a bit uh, troubling. And there we were, should there were, think about that. There was lots of evidence that this jury heard that I question whether it was directly relevant to the yes. issue at hand. I'm thinking of the infidelity. I know that I've seen the stories of the firemen and I've heard of trysts in cars that I don't even know whether it was true, <laughs> but like there's a lot of stuff that got thrown yes. into this, right? I I had the sense watching the trial and watching the pretrial hearings and watching the entire because there was a long argument about whether this could even go to court. Um I had the sense that the prosecution was worried I think they knew that it wasn't the strongest case, and I think that one of the strategic things that they did to deal with that was to set out to kind of really make the jury dislike Jennifer Crumbly, which frankly wasn't that hard to do because there was a lot of raw material that was off-putting about her. So, yes, I mean, there was, a, you know, they, there was always some tangential explanation for why this material had to be in the trial. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of testimony about her house being messy, um, there was a lot of testimony about her extramarital affair, um, you know, her sort of her text messages in which she sounds just kind of crass and sort of, you know, inattentive and sloppy. And, you know, all of this sort of I felt like there was a huge amount of building up. There were moments where I was just sitting there watching the trial thinking, like, what what are you why are we hearing about this? You know, there was. They played a recording from when she was first in jail where she called her dad and they were talking. And at some point in it, she asked him, uh, how many calories are in a bologna sandwich with white bread? Because they're feeding me a lot of carbs. Okay, she's worrying about her calorie intake in prison. Is that, or in jail rather, is that, you know, is that kind of gross? Like, yeah, sure. But I mean, looking at moms in America, is that completely outside the bounds of what would be relatively normal? No. Um, you know, there was a whole line of questioning about some apps she had on her phone because apparently she and the fireman boyfriend would arrange to meet people, presumably for threesomes and hotel rooms. And again, it's sort of like while she was away on business trips and you're hearing this sort of tawdry level of detail about this woman's life. I found that very off-putting and I think that was very much present from the very beginning where again, are we actually talking about what she knew and when she knew it and trying to establish that she actually would have had the knowledge 
that she needs to have had in order to be imprisoned for this charge. Right, which was not which was not negligence, but rather really a gross or I think egregious indifference. Yeah, it's a it's a very high standard. So it's wanton is it's legally it should be a wanton degree of negligence. Like it's just an absolute indifference. Right. You knew this was likely to happen, but you didn't care. Megan Stack is a contributing opinion editor for The New York Times. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Megan Stack is a contributing opinion editor for the New York Times. There's something else in your piece that I circled, which as an attorney, frankly, I hadn't focused on. I thought it was a, a great observation. You wrote the following. There is a logical contradiction in the state declaring Ethan Crumbly an adult with full responsibility for his crime while prosecuting his parents for gross negligence in child care. Ethan Crumbly was a child, or he wasn't. He was responsible for his actions, or his parents were. Can the state argue both positions at once? Prosecutors insist they can. I mean, I, I guess I should be saying they could be accessories to the same crime. There's a co-conspirator aspect of this. But you make a really good observation, which is to say you're holding him accountable as an adult, despite the fact that he was 15 years old. And at the same time, you're saying, well, he really wasn't able to be responsible. Therefore, we've got to hold mom and perhaps now dad accountable. Speak to that issue. 
Well, I think it's one of those things that legally, there's an argument there. I mean, the judges grappled with this in the appeals court when they were deciding whether they could try them. They also found that they could. Um, I believe the argument has to do with, you know, kind of separating the two individuals. Okay, Ethan Crumbly did this. We're going to say he did this as an adult, but that doesn't absolve in retrospect parental responsibility. I get that. I mean, I, I get that in the abstract, but I just think on a very raw, logical level, a lot of people will look at that and say, you cannot have it both ways. If you want to charge him as an adult, you're asserting that he was acting as an adult on that day, that he was taking full responsibility and, you know, behaving in the full maturity and understanding and wisdom that we would expect of an 18-year-old and above. Fine. If you're going to say that, well, I don't think that's fine, but that's, again, another argument. But if you want to say that, then how can you then turn to the parents and say, it was your responsibility? I, I think that is something that for many people, it doesn't sit right and it doesn't sound right. And I personally don't think it is right. But again, it's one of those things that you can, you know, there are things you can argue in law and the argument is there. Okay, so, but but what about the final twenty four hours? I, I want to read a, a couple right. of a couple of paragraphs from, from what you published. Unambiguous yeah. signs of crisis flared in the twenty four hours before Ethan Crumbly attacked. But the adults around him, not just his parents, but the school officials trained to spot danger, grievously underreacted. Grievously underacted. Pardon me. The day before the shooting, he was sent to the school counselor for researching ammunition on his phone during class. Quote. Compliant, calm understanding is how a school counselor, Sean Hopkins, during a pretrial hearing, described Ethan Crumbly's behavior that day. Ethan Crumbly told the counselor that he and his mother had recently visited a rifle range and that shooting was a hobby. Mr. Hopkins testified the school then called Miss Ms. Crumbly, who scolded her son by text, but added in an apparent attempt at lightheartedness. You have to learn to not get caught. That's a problem, I say parenthetically. The following school day, Ethan Crumbly once again was sent to the counselor. During class, he'd been watching a violent video depicting shooting, had covered geometry worksheet with pictures of a gun and a bleeding body writing, my life is useless, the thoughts won't stop, help me, that's another quote, and blood everywhere. Mr. Hopkins had been persuaded the day before that Ethan Crumbly was fine, but now he was worried he testified not that Ethan would hurt others, but that he might be having a suicidal idea. The Crumbly's called again. Both parents drove to the school. Mr. Hopkins warned them that Ethan Crumbly might be a danger to himself and should not be left alone. The counselor told them it was urgent they take their son to a therapist the very day, if possible, certainly within the next 48 hours. And then finally this, during the meeting, Nicholas Ejak, Ejak the dean of students, fetched Ethan, Crum Ethan Crumbly's backpack from a classroom, carried it to the administrative offices, handed it over to him. None of them, neither the parents nor the school officials, looked inside the bag. Had they done so, they'd have seen his gun. Uh, to many, they're going to say that's pretty damning. They bought the gun. They ignored the warnings. And that basically was the charge. Yeah, but I'm so glad you brought up those meetings because they that meeting, because that is a really I think that is the linchpin of this entire case, because th th that has been very misunderstood. A lot of people talk about that meeting, not understanding that it was literally the same day that he shot up to school. In fact, it was just a very short time before um, we have to say the Crumblies did know that there were guns. So did the school. And I feel like this gets obscured because we know from testimony that the day before with the same counselor, when Ethan was called in for searching bullets, he had explained and they had had a whole discussion with the counselor about how 
They had guns. They liked to go to the shooting range. He had just gone with his mom a few days earlier. So the school also had the knowledge that there were guns in the mix of this household. And what we see from the way that everyone behaved is that nobody, neither the parents nor the school professionals, understood this or interpreted this, even after the troubling drawing, even after the violent video in class, as a situation in which Ethan posed a risk to other kids or anybody. They thought he was suicidal. They told the parents they thought he was suicidal. And they also told the parents that he should not be left alone. Now, the parents were both working. Yes, we can argue retroactively, oh, they should have canceled the meetings. They didn't really have to go to the meetings. I think a lot of working parents will understand why. Even when you don't necessarily have to go to the meetings, you usually try to go to the meetings to show that you're still responsible and that you're still on top of things, despite being a working parent. Um, I, you know, they took the list of counselors. Jennifer Crumbly testified that she had told her husband to start making calls. She went back to a meeting. Ethan did not like to be out of school. That was well established. He had struggled during the COVID, the COVID pandemic, had done very poorly and become anxious with home learning. He preferred to be around his peers. So this is where I think if you're a parent and what you're hearing is he might be suicidal, he urgently needs help. He should not be alone. I don't think it was crazy for them, based on the information that they had received, to say, okay, let's try to find a counselor. Let's try to get an appointment. Let's leave him in school for the afternoon. We do know that they took it very seriously because we also know that Jennifer Crumbly was texting to the horse stables where she was going that evening and telling the owner that he was going to come I'm along. Bringing, yeah. Right, because he cannot be alone and her husband had to work. Megan. So again, I think you're questioning, we're questioning their choices, but I just don't see a crime in making maybe not the subjective choice that we would make or you would make. Do okay. you see what I'm saying? I do. I, yeah. have to, I have to sum up, but I, I want you to bottom line it. So clearly you, mm. don't, clearly you don't agree with the decision to hold her accountable on an, an involuntary manslaughter charge. Would there be any criminal ramification for the parents if, if you were judge, jury, and determiner of all facts in this case, or would it only be a civil outcome that you would favor? I would favor a civil outcome in this case because the reality is Michigan did not have a safe storage law for guns on the books at the time this happened. I think if you can prosecute parents for not locking up the guns where those laws exist, great, do it. I actually don't think, again, I think there are cases where you could criminally charge the parents. I just don't think that this case is a good fit for Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. Have you have you spent considerable time looking at the many, many comments appended to your analysis? I ha I'm not like a huge reader of the comments, but I, I am on Twitter quite a bit, and I definitely understand that I, mine is a minority and a very unpopular opinion, but I also have seen from That's the okay. comments That's okay. That's why Twitter. you're here. That's why you're yeah. here. We, 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 we love being provocative in a, in a civil way. Okay, <laughs> I want to share just one. When I read your piece, Larry J. had the most popular or most liked, I don't know what the verbiage is, but here's what he said. It's not too lengthy. Maybe Ms. Stack finds this so complex because she's very close to the legalese and related details. Step back and look at the big picture. The child was, by society standards, so young that he needed one more year to be mature enough to handle a car, three more years to be mature enough to handle a vote, six more years to be mature enough to handle a beer, and yet she made the parental decision, meaning the mom, to provide him with a handgun. Case closed. What would you say to Larry J.? 
Well, I totally disagree because I think if that is the complaint, which actually the fundamental complaint that children should not have access to guns, I'm, I can 100% get on board with that coming from where I'm coming from. However, I think that is an issue you have to take up with the laws of Michigan. What they did in terms of the gun was not um, illegal and it was not uncommon. And so if that is the standard for which they're being imprisoned, then we have to widen this net to an almost absurd degree, and a lot of other parents are also going to be caught up into it. I don't think that we can solve these problems through criminal prosecution. I think it is a poor tool to deal with some of the social problems. And I think as a country, if we think that we're going to prosecute our way out of our gun problem, we are deluding ourselves. Megan Stack, well done. Contributing opinion editor who has been a correspondent in China, Russia, Egypt, Israel, Afghanistan, and the U.S.-Mexico border area. I like how you go to all the safe zones. Thank you, Megan. Yes. Thank you so much. Read that piece, gang. It's in the newsletter today. It's posted in my social media. I thought it was a really well done. She's she's obviously knee-deep in the testimony of this case. Like, give her props for being very knowledgeable about what the testimony was in this case. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Thank you so much for the phone calls. Okay, what reaction do you have to what you just heard? A pretty provocative take on the Crumbly case. Michael, you're in Bethlehem, PA. What are you thinking? Hi, Michael. Good talking to you today. Um, I normally listen to you for your political commentary and uh, and your middle-of-the-road view. I do like your middle-of-the-road and a little bit nuanced view on this. Um, the jury decision troubles me a little bit. Not that I 
don't think that she's a bad parent. Um, but where's the line going to be with us charging parents for anything that the child does that the parent had an inkling or even knowledge that they might do again? Um, say your 15-year-old kid has been arrested for carjacking. What do you do with that kid if he goes and carjacks somebody again? Um, or is a parent going to be arrested and thrown in jail if the, if the kid harms somebody or does something like that? Just a slippery slope, I think. I think there's I think there's truth in what you say. Some, I'm sure, are hearing this and saying, well, yeah, if the kid does that, then the parent ought to be held. Where are these parents today? Correct. But, uh, but this seems to be maybe one of the first ever cases that I've ever heard of that the parents are being charged for not encouraging or, you know, basically the, the jury says that she knew that this kid was going to go kill somebody or shoot up the school. I find that super hard to believe. Why would any parent want their kid to do that? They know the kid's going to be either killed or wind up in jail and their life is going to be ruined after that. It, it I thought that no the most, I thought the most interesting aspect of her argument was to say that we're having it both ways. One, we are prosecuting the 15-year-old as an adult. Hey, you weren't a kid. You were an adult. You should have known. You took responsibility or you're going to be held accountable for. And at the same time, saying to the parent, we're holding you responsible for this. Jason, San Antonio, quickly, what did you most want to say? I don't. I, I agree with your guest, actually. I don't think that they're, char- they're not going to charge the counselor for making a diagnosis that he was going to be suicidal and then not checking the bag to make sure there was nothing, you know, a pencil sharpener or something that he could hurt himself with. So why would they find the the, the parents responsible? Uh, I don't think there's going to be any criminal con- any criminal responsibility or charges brought against anybody in the school environment. CJ Corpus Christi, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I'm kind of in disagreement with you, Michael. I think, I, as a non-lawyer, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, how they can charge the child as an adult and the kids and, and the parents as well. They acted as straw purchasers uh, of a weapon that was used in four murders committed by the, the the young man. And to me, it's pretty clear that they are responsible and he is responsible as an adult. I'm not, look, I'm not accepting of, you may have heard me say, CJ, to my guest, I I thought her piece was provocative. It made me think, but you only heard me say to her, I, I'm, I'm not convinced. This is Sasha in Santa Barbara. Hi, Sasha. Good morning. Good morning. I was Hi. just curious why you didn't ask Megan if she was a parent. Uh, it didn't occur to me. Do you think that that yeah. would have been relevant? I do, only because um, I feel like her perspective was a little bit, to me, it skewed um, non-parent. Um, I only say that because when she said something specific, like I, you go to the school, as a working parent, you go to the school meetings to show that you can show up. And in fact, as a parent, you go to the school meetings to show that you care about your child and you're interested in what's going on with them. And I, um, I, I personally had a 15-year-old child that was in distress, and I stopped everything and got her help immediately because she needed it. And so I feel like her whole article maybe just made me feel like possibly she wasn't a parent, therefore she had a different perspective. Well, A, I'm, I'm glad that your own daughter apparently is in a better place than whenever it is that she was in distress. But your take... Uh, listening to her was this is the perspective that a non-parent would have because a parent 
would recognize that there was personal responsibility on the part of the Crumblies. Yeah, I'm not sure that whether she's a parent or not, but it was just an interesting. TC, hang on, TC is TC is weighing in with information. What do okay. you got, TC? Interestingly, not only is she a parent, but she has written a book called um, "Women's Work: A Reckoning with Work and Home," which looks really interesting. Um, which is sort of how she felt before she had a baby versus how she felt after she had a baby. Her husband it was also a foreign correspondent. They met at a job at the Baghdad airport and they shared their lives together. When she becomes pregnant with her first child, they're living in Beijing where she covered China for the Los Angeles Times. So she's a mom. She's and, uh, a, she is a mom, so at least a of mom. one, maybe she, more. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. I just wanted to know that bit of information. Yeah, me too. I, maybe I should have asked it. I don't know. You know, maybe I, maybe I should have asked that, that perspective. Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, wasn't that of interest? I don't know if I can do this. Can I? Mark, real quick, what's that one thing you wanted to tell me? Uh, I'd like to say, uh, based on how uh, this trial uh, came to a conclusion, I'd like to see every uh, director and CEO of nursing home industries who hire oh. uh, low-paid people to take care of extremely fragile people, and they die. Are they culpable for their capitalistic greed? Yeah, I mean, typically not, right? It would be a civil circumstance, but then again, typically in this case, there would be civil litigation and not and not criminal charges. I get the point that you're making. By extension. By extension, this could be a wake-up call for more than just parents. Okay, I thought that was terrific. Really, really great. Megan Stack uh, brought a lot to the table. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.